Hi, this is Timothy Pig, and I want to welcome you to Text Driven Podcast, a podcast put out by the Ministry of Fellowship Church in Southwest Florida. Text Driven Podcast exists to equip you to know God and make Him known through text driven preaching and practice. To learn more about Fellowship Church, visit our website, fellowshipchurch.co. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Texture and Podcast, where we are hoping to provide you with resources to help you to live a text-driven life. We're in the middle of a series through J. Oswald Sanders' classic book, Spiritual Leadership. There's a vacuum in our country, politically, of leadership. There's a vacuum in our country within the family concerning leadership. And there most certainly is a vacuum in our churches concerning leadership. And that's why I've chosen to walk through Oswald Sanders' book, Spiritual Leadership, to help you and me to think biblically, to think in a text-driven way, and hopefully fill the vacuum of leadership in our world. In this episode, we're going to talk about the master principle for leadership. We're going to walk through chapter 3 of Sanders' book. And to begin, Sanders quotes uh, and makes this statement. He says, in the King James Bible, you will only find the word leader six times. Now, I find that to be quite interesting, that the idea of leadership, that the idea of uh, the office of being a leader, the function of being a leader, that that term would not be used more readily in the Bible. Why is that? Well, I think the reason is because the definition that God has for leadership is very different from the definition that we have for leadership. There's no doubt that among evangelicals, among born-again believers, that we would say without question that Jesus was the greatest leader of all times. However, he never used the word leader. Instead, the term that Jesus chose more readily to describe his function was that of a servant. For Jesus says this in Mark chapter 10, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus put it this way in Mark chapter 10, verses 43 and 44. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. Sanders notes on page 21 that Christ taught that the kingdom of God was a community where each member served the others. Uh, now, that's not typically how we think a community should operate. For instead, what we see 
put forth as an illustration of effective leadership today is uh, where a mass of people serve at the pleasure of one person for the purpose of making that one person greater. However, when Jesus speaks about leadership, he speaks not in an elevating term of self, but rather in a lowering, a condescending manner towards self. For the Bible teaches us in Philippians 2 that the Son of God emptied himself and became a servant. And he was born in the likeness of man. And he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So Jesus takes not only the first century concept of leadership in a Roman world and turn it upside down. Jesus, through his word, even speaks into our own setting right now and takes our concept of leadership and flips it on its head by talking to us about being a servant. Now, Sanders remarks about two uh, principles that go together with this concept of servant leadership. The first he terms on page 22 as the sovereign principle. He quotes Mark chapter 10, verse 40, where Jesus says, to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant, for these places belong to those whom they have been prepared. And the application that Sanders makes concerning that verse is this. On page 23, he says, God assigns places of spiritual ministry and leadership in his sovereign will. Now, I think that's encouraging. I think it's encouraging because what it means is that God does not call into leadership those who are equipped. But instead, God equips those whom he calls. Why is that significant? Because God wants the leader to rely not on his own intellect, not on his own abilities, not on his own popularity or charisma. For God wants the leader to depend upon completely the calling that God has put on his life. Listen to what Sanders says. The sovereign selection of God gives great confidence to Christian workers. For we can truly say, I am here neither by selection of an individual nor election of a group, but by the almighty appointment of God. Now, I remember several years ago now, oh, I don't know, it's been over five, seven, eight years ago now, when I was in a meeting and I was told, uh, um, sitting with some other uh, Christian men, 
I was told this, that pastor, you work for us, for it is us who sign your paycheck. And now you can just imagine as a, a much younger man at that time, I uh, the, the blood within me began to boil. And unfortunately, I had uh, anger that wanted to come out of my response. I did not respond properly. And I remember that what I did say was this. I do not work for you, for it was not you who called me to be a pastor, but it is God, and I am his servant. Now, that's a very freeing place to be. Here's why. Because if you understand that you're called by God to the place that he has you, then you can serve him without any fear of man. And a person who serves God without any fear of man is one who is a leader in God's kingdom. So, Sanders says the first principle is sovereign selection. And then he says there's this principle of suffering in servant leadership. For he quotes Mark chapter 10, verse 38, where Jesus asked the question of his disciples, can you drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? Now, Jesus is foreshadowing his death and crucifixion on the cross with that statement. And we know that in the biblical narrative that the disciples do not follow Jesus to his death. But instead, as soon as Jesus is arrested, the disciples scatter from Jesus. And here's the point. Jesus is teaching a very important lesson here. That if you're going to be a servant, you're going to suffer. And, and understand that he uses that term servant and the term leader interchangeably. So let me put it this way. Jesus is saying, if you're going to be a leader, you are going to suffer. Huh. Are you ready to sign up to be a leader? Are you ready to be the one who is marked by leadership? Oh, certainly, you, you love the leadership uh, position if it includes a greater uh, pay on your um, biweekly paycheck. You love the position of leadership if it means you get an extra day or week of vacation. You like the perks of leadership. But, but here's the truth of the matter. That to be a leader means you're going to suffer. For service 
and suffering are two sides of the exact same coin. Now Sanders concludes this third chapter on servant leadership by taking us to the Old Testament to give us a picture, a portrait of the ideal servant leader. Now we know that the ideal servant leader is Jesus. But in Isaiah 42, the prophet Isaiah is giving a prophecy about Jesus and describes him as a servant leader. So here's what I want you to do. If you do have a Bible, go ahead and grab it and open with me to Isaiah chapter 42. And we're going to look at these principles, these characteristics of a servant leader. There are six of them that Sanders addresses on pages 24, 25, and 26. And the first characteristic of an ideal servant leader is found in Isaiah 42, verse 1. Isaiah 42, verse 1. The passage says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one. Behold my servant, whom I uphold. Right there, it is God speaking of his own son. And notice that the passage describes Jesus as the servant of the Father. But did you also notice the principle that's mentioned there? Whom I uphold. Don't miss that language of the Son being upheld by the Father. For that's showing us the dependence part of servant leadership. What does it mean? Dependence? Here's what it means. A servant leader is completely dependent upon God. A servant leader is completely dependent upon God. They're not dependent upon their education. They're not dependent upon how much money they have in their bank account. They're not dependent upon their fame and popularity on social media. They're not dependent upon who likes them and who does not like them. For a true biblical servant leader is dependent only upon God. So the first characteristic of an ideal servant leader is dependence. The second is approval. Look back at verse 1 again. Behold my servant, I uphold, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom I delight. My chosen in whom my soul delights. There we have approval. A servant leader is one who lives only for the approval of God, who lives only for God's 
delight. A servant is not one who uh, forces upon everyone such a disposition that they seek his approval. No, a true servant leader is one who lives their life in such a manner that God is approved with them. So the first characteristic is dependence upon God. The second characteristic of a servant leader is one who lives for the approval of God. The third characteristic of a servant leader is one of modesty that Sanders mentions on page 25. Look back with me at the passage in Isaiah 42, verse 2. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. Sanders describes this uh, portrait as modesty. For he says that uh, modesty is not losing your temper, not striving for flamboyancy, not desiring to make yourself known, but instead serving God just faithfully. I love what Sanders says on page 25. He says, Jesus did not seek headlines. You know, we live in an arrogant, self-advertising society. Just take the phenomena of social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or any other platform. We promote ourselves through those platforms. We're essentially self-advertising. And we adjust our posting, do we not? Based on how many clicks we get on that platform. It's quite the opposite of the kind of leader we need to be. For instead, we need to be leaders who are unobtrusive. Leaders who are peaceful. Leaders who are serving God faithfully, not self-promoters. The fourth characteristic that Sanders mentions on page 25 is empathy. Isaiah 42 verse 3 says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. The fourth characteristic of a leader is one who is empathetic with those who are hurting. <laughs> Today's concept of leadership is you use the hurting as stepping stones for more popularity. We see this in politics all the time. Those who are hurting for a job, those who are hurting with health care, those who are hurting uh, financially or physically or however emotionally, politicians use that hurt as a platform for their own agenda. But Jesus says a servant leader is one who is empathetic not one who uses the pain of people to prop up their own programs, but instead 
one who sees the pain of people, has compassion on them, and condescends himself down to them and loves them. For the servant leader does not pass by the hurting on the other side of the road, but instead he's like the good Samaritan who stops and he cares for the broken. Well, let's keep looking. The fifth characteristic of a servant leader is optimism. Optimism. We've talked about dependence, approval, modesty, empathy, and now optimism. Look at Isaiah 42, verse 4. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Optimism. The servant leader is optimistic in the work of God. Now, if you're not a servant leader, there's a lot to be pessimistic about, isn't there? You look out at the world today and you can get downcast and discouraged and depressed very easily. But if you're a servant leader, you, you work from this understanding that God is at work even if you can't see him working. And that gives us optimism. That helps us to know that darkness is not going to prevail, that the light of the gospel is going to go forth. So we trust God. And in trusting him, we are optimistic in our servant leadership. And then finally, the last characteristic of a servant leader is probably the most important. For you can be dependent upon God, live for his approval, be modest in your approach, empathetic towards people that are hurting, optimistic in your outlook of what you do. But if you do not have this last characteristic, you will not be an effective servant leader. And what is that characteristic? Sanders tells us it's the anointing of the Spirit of God. For Isaiah 42, verse 1. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. Watch this. I have put my spirit upon him. Sanders says, none of these leadership qualities, dependence, approval, modesty, empathy, or optimism are sufficient for the task. For without the touch of the supernatural, these qualities are dry as dust. Did you know that the ministry of Jesus did not begin until at his baptism, when the Bible tells us, the Spirit of God came upon him. It rested on him like a dove. And then the Bible tells us that at that moment he was led away into the wilderness by 
the Spirit. So let me ask you something. If the ministry of Jesus began with the anointing of the Spirit of God, do you really think that you're greater than Jesus? Listen to what Sanders says on page 27. Can we do effective ministry without the Spirit of God working through us at every step? That's the question. Can you do effective ministry at your job without the Spirit of God? Can you be the leader that our country needs? The leader that your family needs? The leader that your church needs? Without the Spirit of God? The answer from Scripture is a resounding no. For we desperately need the supernatural presence of God in order to be the spiritual servant leaders that God wants us to be. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Text Driven Podcast. For more resources like this one, go to our website, www.fellowshipchurch.co. If you're ever in the Southwest Florida area, let me encourage you to join us at Fellowship Church on the Lord's Day, for you can find the times and locations for our worship services on our website as well. Until next time, know that we're praying for you to live a text-driven life. God bless.